and I'll bet that they're being heard on every radio telescope on the entire earth. Are you feeling by any chance like a goober? Oh, no, you are, but what am I? What does it look like I'm doing picking goobers? Pardon me, did I hear you say? On the radio, he is introduced like this. You're listening to the Goober Hour, bringing zaniness and wonder to your radio airwaves every single Saturday, much like today. Now, before we begin, do we have any questions? Why do I wanna know so much? Why do I wanna know? Aren't there other worlds to touch where greener heavens grow? Why are these question marks all over me? Lately, whatever I see is something new to need. Why do I wanna see so much? Why do I wanna see? Everything contained within a frame seems incomplete Why are these question marks all over me? Lately, whatever I see is something to believe Maybe so much why do i want to love beetles winking at my feet the bluebirds high above why are these question marks all over me lately whoever i meet is someone new to need why do i need to be so much why do i need to be you said the world's a better place now that it has me Why are these question marks all over me? Lately, whatever I teach is also new to me Wasn't that nice? That was our pal Gustafer Yellow Gold starting our hour off right. Our goober hour, I should say. I'm your host, Trevor Walls. Thanks so much for joining us, whether you're listening on Jump 105.3, PRX, Positively Morrinsville 87.7, or thegooberhour.com. I hope you're having a great weekend. It's just beginning. Relish in it. I know I am. Folks, today we have got quite a treat for you. I'm going to be, ta- I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to be talking to the amazing Fred Penner. He is an icon, the inspiration behind so many artists like me. I can't wait to talk to him all about his career throughout the years. And because Fred Penner is so multi-generational, so many people grew up with his music, I thought it would be very fitting if today I put the soundtrack in your hands. That's right, you, the listeners, I asked you what your favorite favorite songs were when you were a kid. So today, throughout the program, I'm going to be playing different songs from your childhood, and uh, I can't wait to see what we all sounded like when we were little, but it's very nostalgic. 
If you had a favorite song as a kid, make sure to let me know. Email me, trevor at thegooberhour.com or find us on social media at thegooberhour. And to start us off, I thought it was only fitting that I share mine. This is my childhood favorite song, Shaboom by The Chords. Life could be a dream, life could be a dream. Do, 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 shaboom. Life could be a dream If I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream Sweetheart, hello, hello again Shaboom and open with me again Boom, ding dong, ding dong Lang, lang, lang Oh, 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 flip Life could be a dream If only all my precious plans would come true If you would let me spend my whole life loving you Life could be a dream, sweetheart Every time I look at you Something is on my mind If you do what I want you to Maybe we'd be so fine Life could be a dream Shaboom, if I could take you up in paradise up above Shaboom, you know me, darling, I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream Sweetheart, hello, hello again Shaboom, and hope we meet again Boom, boom, boom
folks things could break any minute now but right now uh, back to our regular program Young Love in the 70s, am I right? That was the Bay City Rollers with I Only Want to Be With You. That was Robert's favorite song as a kid. Before that, we heard Son of a Gun by the Vaselines. That was Julia's childhood favorite song. Now, we've got more childhood favorites coming up, but first, we interrupt this program for a breaking news report. Another fast-breaking news story. Rodney Bogney reporting live for Goober News from White Rock Beach. You know, I'm not sure why they call it White Rock Beach. I'm looking at their assortment of rocks right now, and most of them are gray, maybe cream at best. I'm here today as a crew of pirates. That's right, you heard me correctly. 
pirates are about to sail onto their next journey, and we got them and got an exclusive interview with their lead leader? Yeah, leader, sure. Pirate leader, Captain Must Have Been a Dream. Captain, what can you tell us about this journey that you are about to take? Uh, well, I've been a pirate ever since I was a wee lad. I popped out of me bum with a hook in me hand and a glimmer in me eye. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. It doesn't really answer my question, though. Ah, yes, the journey. We're about to go wherever the wind takes us. We're setting sail and not looking back. Never! Oh, wow. That's very exciting and slightly intimidating. Now, where do you plan to head? Well, we're going to start up the beach and kind of make our way through the roads and uh, see what drive through is beckoning us. <laughs> Good one. No, but really, when you head out on the water... <laughs> when you, well, uh, well uh, please... Please don't say that word. We're we're not heading out on the water. No siree. <laughs> uh, I I beg your pardon? No, you're thinking of the wrong kind of pirate, matey. <laughs> the wrong the wrong kind of pirate. You see, I'm... we here are land pirates. We sail upon the land. I what? don't see what's what? so difficult to understand oh, about uh, that. I'm sorry, it's just uh, when I was told that I was gonna be interviewing a group of pirates, I I kind of expected them to be you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it. We get that a lot. Well, well, if you don't mind me asking, Captain must have been a dream. Uh, what? What? What is... What? Yes, that is a question commonly asked. May I tell you a story, dear Rodney? Well, s uh, certainly. Tommy, play the accordion. Got it, Captain. I tell ye a tale, tis sad but true, of seven old pirates on the SS Buck the finest of sailors, the nicest of ships. There's just one teensy problem we have to deal with. <laughs> the pirates with aquaphobia. Around the world, me mateys and me As long as the journey doesn't involve any sea When people see us sailing, they don't quite understand Why we only sail our ships upon the land We're the pirates! We're the pirates! We're the pirates! We're the pirates! We're aquaphobia! Listening to the Goober Hour. Grooves and goofs for the price of one. Served up with a warm side of corn hash. Oh, sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine. I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time. I eat them for my supper and I eat them for my lunch. If I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once. That's your part I'm a roaming and a traveling and a wandering along And if you care to listen, I will sing a happy song I will not ask a favor, I will not ask a fee But if you have yourself a sandwich, won't you give a bite to me? Sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time I eat them for my supper, I eat them for my lunch And if I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once 
once I went to England, I visited the Queen I swear she was the grandest lady that I've ever seen I told her she was beautiful and could not ask for more She handed me a sandwich and she threw me out the door Sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time I eat them for my supper, I eat them for my lunch And if I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once now once I met a pretty girl, the fairest in the land Young men in the county, they were asking for her hand They'd offer her the moon, they'd offer her the sea But I offered her a sandwich and she said she'd marry me Sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time I eat them for my supper, I eat them for my lunch And if I had a hundred sandwiches, I'd eat them all at once well, a sandwich may be egg or cheese or even peanut butter But they all taste so good to me, it really doesn't matter Jam or ham or cucumber, any kind will do I like sandwiches, how about you? Those sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time I eat them for my supper, I eat them for my lunch And if I had a hundred sandwiches, sing it again, go! Sandwiches are beautiful, sandwiches are fine I like sandwiches, I eat them all the time I eat them for my supper I eat them for my lunch and if I had a hundred sandwiches If I had a hundred sandwiches If I had a hundred sandwiches That was Diane's favorite song as a kid, an ode to sandwiches by the amazing legend Fred Penner. And hey, this is such a coincidence. I am so pleased and honored to say I am with the great Fred Penner himself right now. <laughs> oh, cut it out. Hello, Trevor. <laughs> Fred, thank you so much for making the time to be here today. Hey, my my pleasure. Good to chat with you. Right off the bat, your Christmas album is one of my favorites in the Christmas season. I, I wanted to bring it up right away. Fabulous. Great. <laughs> so listeners, if you are looking for a great Fred Penner album to dive into, you should be looking for the Christmas one. Christmas Time by Fred Penner is an amazing album. I specifically love your white Christmas cover. I think it's brilliant. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty. that one's pretty, pretty straight ahead, but I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. So I want to go right to your beginnings. What first brought you into making the music that you make? You really? Uh, where do you start with that one? I, I mean, <laughs> I, I grew up in, in Winnipeg, and my parents were very musical. They, uh, they, they loved the, the swing era from, uh, from that time, so the Benny Goodman and the Dorsey Brothers, etc. So we had lots of that kind of music when I was growing up, uh, as well as a lot of classical orchestral music, uh, just a good, a good range of things. Plus my older brother and sister were into the, you know, the early boy bands in the fifties and the early rock and roll. So I, I had a really eclectic range of sound that was, uh, that was getting into my head from a, from a very, very young age. And because I, I had a good ear for music and I would sing along with some of the tracks and, you know, and, and harmonize as well. Cause I, I had a good ear for that. It, uh, it just kept growing. The, the ability that I had to make music took many different directions along the way. And it wasn't until sort of later in the 70s, I'd been in, in a comedy show band, and we had done lots of music that involved participation with the audience. And then in the late 70s, I, I created the Cat Came Back album. I was encouraged by by some benefactors in Winnipeg. Uh, and that was the prime time for for children's music, for family entertainment with Sharon Lawson Bram and Rafi and myself 
basically coming on that scene at about the same uh, the same time in the mid the mid late seventies. So I I just started creating music, started doing songs that I remembered from my own childhood, and and within within a few years I was into the Fred Penner's Place TV series world, which uh, obviously changed changed my life. I, I mean, if you want to get specific of of, of really when when the turnaround happened of my approaching music, it really was uh, was a mortality check when my father, who was dying from uh, from cancer mm. in the in the early seventies, and my sister, my younger sister, who was born with Down syndrome, and she was ailing as well, and and they died within a year of each other. I was suddenly faced with a with a with a major transition in my life. I, I had just graduated university to fulfill my father's dream of doing that because he was never able to go to university, and and here I was, you know, a young man in my early twenties, and I had had no I I had no direction. Right. I'd uh, I'd gone through a, you know, a BA economics program, but I did not want to be an economist. And so the the only thing that had given me any kind of real bliss was making music, you know, that variety of music that I had mentioned. And so I, I just started playing lounges and bars and, you know, any any place that would have me, folk clubs, coffee houses, etc. And and eventually that that led to uh, to doing that first children's album in the late seventies. Now old Mr. Johnson had troubles of his own He had a yellow cat who wouldn't leave his home He tried and he tried to give the cat away He gave it to a man going far, far away But the cat came back the very next day The cat came back, they thought he was a gunner But the cat came back he just couldn't stay away. Give me a meow, go. Now you brought up your comedy band. I, this obviously it interests me because I my background is in comedy, and now here I am entertaining kids. So I am a big, big fan of Cornstalk. I've actually <laughs> we've played some Cornstalk songs on this radio show. Oh, as Al Simon fans as well, we have to. Great. So great. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite Cornstalk memory from back in those days? <laughs> oh, there, <laughs> there are a few. Favorite cor- oh the, I, I think my my favorite cornstalk memory is uh, I, and and certainly I'm glad you mentioned Al one of the most incredible uh, human beings and creative talents on this planet. Uh, <laughs> if if your listeners don't know who Al Simmons is, do do the check because uh, he's he's truly incredible. Uh, but with with cornstalk, we did a 10 minute Sesame Street sketch. Oh, in the in the bars of uh, of Canada, where we'd get it, we'd get on stage, and I I would I'd play Cookie Monster. <laughs> Al was was Grover, and and Al would do the preposition song, you know, around, 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 over, under, through, <laughs> you know, and uh, and and then he would he would sing it, and, and then. Uh, when the song, if you remember the song, then there's a part where he, where he goes near to something, goes right up to him and says, near. And then he goes to the other end of the stage and says, far. <laughs> and then again, comes near and far. So that that's the humor of the song. But we were playing in Morden, Manitoba, which is a small Mennonite community just south of the city. 
And we were on a big stage and there were probably a thousand people in the audience. And at the other side of the audience, you know, probably a hundred yards away was the city hall. And the city hall had an external staircase, a fire escape. And so, so we're, we're doing, we're doing the Sesame Street sketch. We're doing the prepositions. Al comes up to me. He, he does the near, goes to the other end of the stage, says far. Then he comes up like nose to nose with me, goes near. Then he jumps off the stage. You know, as we're vamping the cord, runs through the audience, a hundred yards, climbs up the external fire escape and yells, <laughs> from the top of this building and and then runs all the way back to the stage and i was are you it's like it's performance art in a way you know yeah. to, to do something that that insane you would never consider uh, i mean it, it 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 boggles my mind to this day that that he uh he actually played that uh, that that game that that bit Right, right to the hilt, and that, but that was Al. He he never did anything halfway. He would he would go full tilt, you know, <laughs> with anything he did. Yeah, I love how a lot of those bits, like I am for you, ended up becoming part of his routine. Yes, it's awesome to see that you know a bit is great when it doesn't even change from a comedy context to an, to an all ages audience. Truly, I wanted to ask you: Is there any specific element of those days? that made it into your music, do you think? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. The, the, that spontaneity of being on stage and playing with the audience, and it was it was improv is what we were doing. Some of the songs that we did then, like Sandwiches, carried over into, certainly into my, into my work, my second most requested tune. Just the, the sense of play, I think, that, that uh, Cornstalk got into. Which was always part of my my world anyway. Doing uh, theater classes in the seventies, I don't think I mentioned that, but I was in in uh, theater for about the same time frame as Cornstalk, doing uh, musical comedy, uh, stage drama, you know, a whole range of different types of performing. Being able to carry some of that uh, that theatrical excitement onto the stage with Al. And then learning more about about the the playfulness of improv, yeah, it it was a, a very very powerful on on the job training experience, no doubt. I was watching the incredible documentary about you, Fred Penner, This Is My World, which Ooh. was available on Super Channel. And my favorite thing that I learned about you <laughs> is that your first album, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but your first album, you basically got a blank check for it from a from a lovely fan. <laughs> how did that come to be? Uh, who who knows how these things happen, eh? Uh, my, my ex-wife and I had a children's dance theater company called Sundance in, in Winnipeg. 
and we had been doing a, a stage performance for children where where the kids would come on stage and well it's on the first album it's the story of blunder where where there's there's a character who's who, who's not very polite and it, it's a very very moralistic type of uh, type of show but there were different aspects of it where costumes would be put on children and they would be you know led through the storyline my ex-wife had choreographed all that and i'd written all the music for it and it was a it was a fun fun production and at the end of one of the shows uh this benefactor that you're mentioning uh, a doctor and his wife and and they had two two young children young boys and they approached me and asked if i had a record because they liked the sound of my voice and they said do you you know we'd We'd love to hear more of you. And I said, no, I, I haven't even thought about what that would take. And they, they said, well, we think you should do a record, you know, and, and basically gave me a blank check. So I started putting the pieces together. Uh, you know, I had some friends do the producing, called in my musician pals, including Al. He played banjo on the first album. And, uh, and the cat came back, was born. And it cost about a little over $8,000 in 1979 and uh and i was able to sell enough vinyl to my audience my audiences to pay them back you know within about six months which i I, i'm very proud of of that work ethic that that allowed me to you know to pay them back i'm not sure if they were even expecting to be paid back but but i just felt that was the right thing to do wow that's that's magical (laughs) It it was quite something i i that lit the fire. You know, it's odd in my trip, the way that so many of the things I've done, I would never have considered doing. You know, like I, I had no, I, no idea that I would be a recording artist until this person saw that in me and I, uh, I, I accepted that as a challenge. Uh, there was a theater in Winnipeg, an outdoor theater called Rainbow Stage, which does musical comedy like Hello Dolly, Fiddler on the Roof, etc., and uh, shows that I was in. But I had no, even though I had some theatrical background, I had no confidence that I could do that kind of uh, that kind of stage work until a, uh, a choral director, Peter Buchan was his name, in Winnipeg. He uh, he came up to me. He says the auditions are coming up for Rainbow Stage. Why don't you go try try out for that? I sort of stopped and i said really you, you think i could do i could do that he said yeah absolutely absolutely so i i uh, you know i worked up a couple of songs and i and i sang them and they accepted me and i and i did five shows over three seasons and you know i played character roles in in those musicals that i mentioned plus others it was his seeing something in me that i didn't see in myself that caused me to to make that step and and to do the first record and to do the TV series because I had no idea that I could do television until CBC completely out of the blue called me and and said we've been watching your progress in the, this is in the early 80s uh I'd already done four albums I toured nationally and uh, and they were looking for a replacement for the friendly giant on CBC Kids, and and the head of children's Dodie Robb was her name. She uh, she just said we we think that you would be a good fit. What do you think? And it was 
what do I think? I don't know. How do I do this? And so I did my soul searching and came up with the with the concept of the show, the natural environment, the log, etc. So again, it was that beautiful process where somebody gives you the encouragement to try something that you didn't think that you could do or had never conceived of. And that's probably one of the biggest life lessons that I could ever pass on to anybody is encourage the people around you to do the things that you, that you think that they are capable of. And, and when you get those pats on the back and that encouragement, it opens up a whole world of confidence. It's really important to do that. Absolutely. I have to ask you very briefly, which character did you play in Hello, Dolly? <laughs> I was Friedrich Sehedweiter. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> do, you, do you know the play? You know oh, the very much so. I love Hello, yeah. Dolly. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. I, I loved I loved doing that. I had a – in fact, if I, if I can track it down, I'll – I'll send you a picture of uh, of, of Friedrich Sehedweiter. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> that I did. Anyway, yeah, it was it was a, a very stiff, stiff kind of German character. Yes, but anyway, yeah. Welcome. Well, come on in. Thanks for stopping by. We'll make these moments fly, and we'll sing a song or two. Stories will help us through. Fred Penner's Place was such a magical program. I think it brought so much joy to so many people. It's lasted such a long legacy at this point. What was it like to then go and translate all of these songs that you had created into the visual format like that? That was uh, one of the, the most um, um, unbelievable 13 years of my life. Yeah, We did that almost a thousand episodes over that time frame. It just got to the core of my creativity, you know, getting, getting in front of a camera, learning and it's something that I, I think I did instinctively, but learning to not be overwhelmed by the camera, but realizing that the camera really is a connection with millions or hundreds. So how many, how many kids, how many people were watching? You know, hundreds of thousands perhaps, but looking at that camera as if it was one child. And then, and, and that changes the energy that you, that you bring to it. You're just having a conversation with one person. And so the encouragement to come here, I want to show you something, you know, isn't, isn't a big over the top kind of thing. It's, it, it can, it can be gentle because you're just prodding curiosity, et cetera. And doing the songs, bringing music into it was, was challenging, but easier than I thought it would be. And and I think the reason for that was uh, the I, after a few years we we started off when the series began we did a lot of cover tunes you know I, I was doing you know dancing in the street David Bowie you know uh, <laughs> there was a wonderful range of of cover tunes that we were allowed to do because it was children's television and they did they didn't ask for royalties on that because of of the venue of the uh, genre oh wow but then but then eventually the industry caught on and said no we should be charging for that so that stopped us doing cover tunes and we relied more on originals and traditional songs and uh and i was i was writing intensely at that point and i would write songs specifically for the scripts that were being written if uh, one of the writers 
you know, was was going through, had had a batch of songs that they were trying to fit into this, the script concept. If they couldn't find the right song, I would say to them, just write down Fred original two minutes and send me the script. <laughs> and and then I would I would just create the song based on what they had written at that point. So it 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 really opened up a beautiful creative path for me to uh to to make music. I relished that opportunity every day. I, I'd be writing songs on the way to the studio sometimes. <laughs> you know, and, and and then as soon as I get to the studio we'd you know we we'd pop into the into the music room where I had three of the most incredible Winnipeg players there they were they were they were part of the of the original Winnipeg jazz scene in the uh you know in in the in the 50s 60s wow they they played they they were the backup group for Lenny Bro if you know who Lenny Bro was so I, I had these three unbelievable players who I could just give them the idea of where I was going with this this song or chord progression, and they would go with it. I was really blessed to have that as a solid background for my for my musical component, and it just kept growing from there over over the period of time. I wrote hundreds of songs. Yes, that that's amazing that so many of those songs were actually written in such a high pressure time frame. I, I always look back at those episodes and I can't believe that some of those originals were were rushed out because I think they're just beautiful little masterpieces. Mm. I mean, <laughs> do you think that experience of writing them right before you would go in sometimes helped the songs or, or, or did you prefer to have more time with them? It depended on the songs. Some, some of them were short because we were I was keeping within a you know a two minute time frame that uh, when I wrote a song after the fact I'd look at it again and say oh, you know it'd be nice to have had I had a a, a bridge in this song or take I added another verse that would have expanded the perspective of the tune mm. you know so it uh, and and that happened with you know with some of them along the way where I would go back and revisit and uh, you know and, and just take them a little farther but but for the most part because they were written to task and to the script they uh, they they fit they were fun to perform they were they were spontaneous. They drew upon my knowledge of of different styles of music, so I, I didn't feel like I was locked into, you know, a, a little three chord progression. But I expanded things into you know d- diminished and augmented chords, and you know the minor seven. The whole world of music was available to me, so I, I didn't let that restrict my writing ability. That's that's great that you didn't because there's so many classics that came from that. And I, of course, have to bring up the iconic opening sequence. I think <laughs> anyone who grew up, but especially in Canada, anyone who grew up in the last century knows the amazing forest walk. It's, it's so magical. <laughs> and then you walk through the log. Um, where did that concept come from when you started making the show? That came from, again, as, as much of my work did from my childhood. And I, I remembered I was in uh, I was in Scouts when I was uh, you know a young boy, pre preteen even I think, and uh, one of the things that I really appreciated in in the in the scouting journey was learning how to mark your trail 
you know when when you're if you're if you're going to an area that you're you're not familiar with put notch you know grab some some twigs on the ground put an arrow in the ground move a branch here check a rock put a rock over there stack up a couple of rocks just so you know where where you've been and, and if you get lost you retrace your steps say oh yeah here's where I was this is the direction I'm going etc and I and I re- I remember really liking that as a guideline for, you know, for for following uh, a path. And so when I started thinking about the series, I, I didn't want just a, a like a very urban kind of thing, just a door where you knock on it and somebody comes in. I wanted this trip to Fred Penner's place to be a journey because you know very simply life is a journey. <laughs> and uh, and so I created that that path of going around a tree, of following that fence, of balancing on that rock, of walking down that path, of saying hello to the, you know, to the to the beaver in the pond or the bird up in the sky, whatever, and ultimately getting to that hidden log, lifting up the branches. Nobody's there, just just you and me, and I crawl into the log and enter into Fred Penner's place, and now we are protected. It's not a space that, that is easy to get to. You have to follow those particular paths and lines and, and markers to get to that log, to enter into that world. And so the idea was this is now a safe place for you to be with this guy for the next 15 minutes or half an hour, whatever. And that, and that was the key, the key element to the whole thing for me is, is this, this is a, a gentle, safe and playful area for you to be with me. And it felt like it along with many of the other influence that you've brought to my life. One thing that has lasted is anytime I am outdoors and I see a log, I have to check (laughs) up to this day. I have to make sure it's not the log. (laughs) It's interesting. Just in the last while, I've had a number of people send me pictures of logs that they've found in the forest, and you know, <laughs> and the flashback that uh, that came to me. <laughs> well, that's that's an amazing legacy within itself. I think if you've got people checking out different logs in the forest, oh, and you've got true, us all eh? outdoors. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very sweet. It's uh, it's been such an amazing, uh, amazing trip for me, and I'm 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 thankful to the core that all of this happened. You've got to be proud. Of the people around you, proud of the things that you do. Proud of your dreams and feelings inside, and never afraid to let them shine through. No, never afraid to make them come true. You're one of the rare guests that we have on this show where you yourself are the inspiration for so many other guests that we've talked to. I think that that was something I was really noting is, oh, really? you know, you've, you've got an incredible scene in Canada of, of kids music and you really pioneered the way, I think, for so many artists. I wanted to ask, are there any musicians out there right now that you really love? Yeah, there, there's, there's a, different, a different approach now than when I was, you know, just coming into it. There's a, there's a fellow named Jeremy Fisher. Mm. Who's a, a young a young performer, and he's he he's he writes some really really beautiful music, and uh, and he's he's got a, a lovely playfulness to him, and it's and some intelligence to his you know to his work. I'm hoping that the direction that some of the performers are going starts to go deeper in in the in the way that they create the music. That it's not it's not just 
a simple getting up on the stage and jumping around and, you know, making some funny faces or whatever, that, that there is truly a depth and power and energy with music for families, for children, that doesn't have to be simple. That doesn't have to be a, a, a concept that, that you think, oh, child will definitely understand this. Open up the channel and get complicated. Make make songs that have 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 really good melodic patterns and or a good chorus and and good chord progression and you know make it complex because children can absorb way more than people sometimes give them credit for. And that's and that's where I I I really encourage anybody getting into it is don't feel like you're being hindered because your audience happens to be a third of the size of you. You know, it's their 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 brains are probably twice the size of you. So approach that. Look at it from a a much more complex and uh, and all encompassing direction. I think you know what I mean. Oh yeah, no, that's amazing advice. I'm I'm taking notes as we speak. <laughs> I want to build on to that. What would you say? That's already terrific advice. If there's any words of advice that you have for anyone writing and performing for children, what what do you think encapsulates writing these days? Uh, one of the first things that I say when when somebody either either sends me a, a demo or or asks me about what they can do as you are to get into this industry. I say, why are you doing this? Mm. What is your reasoning for doing this? What is your philosophy of life? What is your perspective on your own humanity, on your own music? Why are you doing this? Uh, if, if, it's, if it is just, you know, fame and fortune, ha, 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 good luck with that. <laughs> There's a, a phrase that I hold on, hold dear to along the way. It's, Never underestimate your ability to make a difference in the life of a child. And that is so critical. Every, every person has that ability to, to really, it, this goes back to that, that encouragement that people had given me along the way. But we can give that same kind of encouragement to children at a, at a very young age. You know, if, if they're, if they're drawing a picture, if they're doing, Whatever they they are doing, giving them that that virtual or physical pat on the back and saying, "Good on you, that's fabulous, well done," and then all of a sudden you feel your spine straighten a little bit and you feel a little more confident about life. That is what music can do for a child as well. You know, if you are approaching it with some integrity, with some honesty, with a perspective that is more encompassing of the value of that human being, of that human spirit, and where they can go and grow in life. That's, well, thank you for the amazing, I've got tears in my eyes. That's such amazing advice. <laughs> oh, you're sweet. <laughs> oh, it really is. Mm. Now, before you go, here at the Goober Hour, we like to ask a question that you've definitely never been asked before in oh. any other interview, something that makes <laughs> us stand out. It's going to cut a little deep because obviously I'm a, I'm a big fan. Okay. Your amazing movie, What a Day. I, I was obsessed with that VHS as a kid uh, with Al Simmons. Again, I'm a big Al Simmons fan as well. So I think it was the collaboration of the century at the time for me. You had Charlotte Diamond, Rocky Rolletti. There's, there's so many artists on that. I wanted to ask if you could go into a magical photo booth and teleport anywhere you wanted to right now, where would you teleport? Oh boy. 
That's that is that's a good one. At this at this moment, my my wife and I spent time in Italy in, in 2014. So at the, at this moment, I I would love for my wife and I to open the doors from the train station in Venice to the Grand Canal. Mm. And seeing the Grand Canal in Venice right now would be would be pretty awesome. <laughs> have you been to Italy? I have once. I was very little though. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good answer. So I guess we have <laughs> solved the age old question, where in the world is Fred Penner going? Yeah, he's <laughs> he, he's he, he's hiding on a gondola in, in Venice. <laughs> no, that's that's it's a good question. Because there's so many images came came to mind. It was brrr. <laughs> Boy, there are, there are. Uh, I've I've covered some some pretty interesting ground over these years. Well, that's a solid answer. I think we'll see you in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Please come by anytime if you want our listeners to go search you up. Where's the best place to find all of? If for whatever reason they're not already obsessed with every single thing you've ever done, <laughs> where's the best place to find you? Fredpenner.com. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the uh, the website, and there's there's a little store, you know, for for t-shirts or whatever. My tour schedule is essentially on there. That that jumps around because I'm not doing a whole lot of touring right now. But uh, but but that's the spot that I uh, that I put information in when I when something is happening. Fredpenner.com. Love to hear from you, folks. Thank you for uh, allowing me being part of your uh, of your trip here, Trevor. It was great. Oh no, thank you. Take good care of each other. That's what friends like to do. Let your sister and brother help you learn that it's true. We all need to feel wanted for the people who we are. So take good care, take good care, take good care of each other. Oh, take good care of each other. That's what friends like to do. Let your sister and brother help you learn that it's true. We all need to feel wanted for the people who we are. So take good care. Take good care. Take good care. Take good care of each other. A long time ago, when the earth was green, and there was more kinds of animals than you'd ever seen. They'd run around free while the earth was being born. But the loveliest of them all was the unicorn There was green alligators and long-necked geese Some humpty-back camels and some chimpanzees Some cats and rats and elephants, but sure as you're born The loveliest of all was the unicorn Now God seen some sinning and it gave him pain and he says, stand back, I'm going to make it rain. He says, hey, brother Noah, I'll tell you what to do. Build me a floating zoo and take some of them green, green alligators and long-necked geese. Some humpty-back camels and some chimpanzees. Some cats and rats and elephants, but sure as you're born, 
Don't you forget my unicorn Old Noel was there to answer the call He finished up making the ark just as the rain started falling He marched in the animals two by two And he called out as they went through Hey Lord, I got you green alligators and long neck geese Some humpty bed camels and some chimpanzees Some cats and rats and elephants But Lord, I'm so forlorn I just can't see no unicorn Then Noah looked out through the driving rain Them unicorns were hiding, playing silly games Kicking and splashing while the rain was pouring Oh, them silly unicorns There was green alligators and long neck geese Some humpty back camels and some chimpanzee Noah cried, close the door, cause the rain is pouring and we just can't wait for no unicorn. The ark started moving, it drifted with the tide. Them unicorns looked up from the rocks and they cried. And the waters came down and sort of floated them away. And that's why you never seen a unicorn to this very day. You'll see green alligators and long neck geese Some humpty back camels and some chimpanzees Some cats and rats and elephants, but sure as you're born You're never gonna see no unicorn The Unicorn by Irish Rovers, that is my mom's favorite song from when she was a kid, so I obviously remember it a lot from my childhood too, because she would play it a lot. I know that there is a very particular dance, um, or at least some some movements that went with that song that apparently even in the bars the adults would do, um, so maybe I should have my mom on the show to kind of teach us, either, either her or the Irish Rovers, one of them should come on the show and teach us how to do the movements for that song. Um, this next song is a pretty popular one, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. This is my friend Roxy's favorite song because apparently it came out the year she was born. Um, so as a kid, she would constantly hear that and kind of associate herself with this one. So this one's for you, Roxy.
to be Under the sea In an octopus's garden In the shade He'd let us in Knows where we've been In his octopus's garden In the shade I'd ask my friends To come and see An octopus's garden with me I'd like to be Under the sea In an octopus's garden In the shade We would be warm the storm in our little hideaway beneath the waves resting our head on the seabed in an octopus's garden near a cave we would sing and dance around because we know we can't be found I'd like to be in an octopus's garden with you In an octopus's garden with you Octopus's Garden. You've got to love that song. That was a pick uh, from my friend Christopher. You'll recognize that artist name from the show. We play his songs every so often. Uh, that was his childhood favorite. Before that was Hotel Yorba by the White Stripes. That was picked out by Jack Campbell. That was young Jack's favorite song. He's an excellent musician, friend of mine who has excellent taste, apparently. I love that song. Now, if I missed yours, if you're listening to this and going, Drat! I forgot to send him my favorite childhood song. Uh, don't worry, you can send it still. Just go to thegooberhour.com where you can find out how to write me a letter, and perhaps I'll even read it on the show. You never know. Now, unfortunately, our Goober Hour is coming to a close, but I want to give one last big thank you to the amazing Fred Penner for stopping by and letting me pester him with questions about his career. It was truly one of the great honors of my life. If you want to hear that interview again, you can find it on the Weekly Wacky Podcast or by going to interviews at thegooberhour.com. You'll find it right there on our website. You can listen away as much as you want to. If you cannot stand to be away from us for a second, I respect that. And you know what? You can go to thegooberhour.com for plenty more fun, plenty more episodes. And of course, we'll be here back on the airwaves next Saturday. I've been your host, Trevor Walls, and I'll see you next time. But until then... Goodbye! There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Just a dream